0: Today's daf Mesech Esoita is Da'af Lamed Vav 36. We are beginning the very top line of Lamed Vav Muralith, and we have three sections in today's daf. First, we're going to continue the discussion of the miracles that occurred on the day Yeshua uh, crossed the Jews over the Jordan. Secondly, we're going to discuss the split of the Jews between the mountains of Har and Har Evel, six tribes on each mountain and we'll focus in on a specific Pasuk that references this and try to understand what the point of the Pasuk is. And in the third section we're going to discuss is the Kiddush Hashem of Yosef and Yehuda, private and public. We'll focus in on those stories. We'll speak about Yosef's Kiddush Hashem today, and Yehuda's we'll speak about tomorrow. So let's get started. Top of the page, Lamed Vav Moral. borei Naasu ba Come and see how many miracles happened to the Jewish people on that day. Number one, they crossed the Jordan. Tremendous miracle. Number two, they came to Hargizim and Har Evel, which was more than a 60 mil travel, which is a very far travel, and that was miraculous. And this goes with the sheeta that we learned earlier, that Hargizim and Har Evel were more inland. They weren't as close to the Jordan. But the point is, this was a tremendous amount of traveling in one day, and they were able to travel there and accomplish the task which we'll discuss in detail momentarily in one day. Number three, the ain no one could stand up in front of them. Right? No enemy could stand up against them. Anyone that did try to stand up against them, they immediately lost their bowels, means they had a bowel movement because of the fear. Kiddush Baruch made sure that nobody could withstand them. We have a reference to this because the Pasuk tells us when HaKadosh Baruch talks about how how he will in um when, when he talks about after you Mitzrayim, Hashem will make sure we can conquer the land of Israel, it says A uh Lefanach I will send my awe in front of you, my fear in front of you. as bohem and I will confound all of the nations that come in front of you. Now Rashi over here understands means. It doesn't mean confound, it means confuse, mix up their bodies, causing them to have bowel movements uh, causing them to be unable to stand up in front of you. And furthermore, the Pasuk says, that the awe and dread of Hashem and the Jewish people will befall them, causing them to not be able to stand up in front of you. Now, there in Az Yashir, the Pasuk talks about Ad Yavor we Hashem. We're going to interpret this as it's not referring to the crossing of the Yamsuf in the days of Moshe, but rather the crossing into Israel, in the days of Yoshua. So Ad-Yavoram HaShem, Pazik says, until your nation will cross Hashem, Zubi HaRishoina. This refers to the first entering of Eretz Yisrael in the days of Yoshua ben Nun, when they crossed the Jordan. Ad-Yavoram Zukanis, so the next words in Ad-Yasher that say, until they cross the nation that you have acquired, Zubi Ashniah." This refers to the second time they crossed into Eretz Yisrael through the Euphrates. Now our Paras, from uh, Golos Bovel, actually, right with the agreement of Dar-Yavesh, who is the son of Ahashverosh, in the days of Ezra. That's the second return to Eretz Yisrael. And the psukim are put next to each other, the return of Yeshua, the entering of Yeshua, and that of Ezra. So the Gemara says, from this we could derive that they're juxtaposed to each other. The miracles should have happened in the second return, in the days of Ezra, like in the first return. Rashi understands it means they should have entered without assistance from the uh, Persian Empire. They should have entered full, with full might and full autonomy and been able to govern with full autonomy. But the sins, Rashi explains, of bias Rishon, as we see in uh, Sefer Melachim, all the terrible sins that the Jews did, of Avodah Zorah, all kinds of things that caused that they lost the same kayach when they came back in the days of Ezra that they had to enter in the days of Yoshua bin Nun. We know that although bias Shani, they had a Beis Mikdash, there was a lot that was lacking, many things that were lacking, powerful. Um, Implications that they were lacking in bias sheni that they had in bias rishon. They didn't have self autonomy for most of bias Shani, uh like they did in bias rishon. Uh, they they didn't have um, right. They were governed by outside powers, other than a short period which was the Chashmonaim era. They really were uh, controlled by foreign kingdoms throughout most of bias sheni. So they should have have had it, but they didn't because of chet during bias, uh, bias rishon continues Gemara back to the story of crossing the yard day, and after they crossed the yard, they, they brought these stones. U. Now if you remember, this refers to the third set of stones we discussed yesterday, and they built the asbe, visadu basid, and they plastered it. called. They wrote on it uh, all the words of the Torah in 70 language. We had a debate actually, if they wrote it and then plastered or vice versa. So this, if you take it literally, it sounds like they wrote it after. Plastering, Shanamar, as the pasuk says, by erheitev, right, in a clear uh, way. It should be written in a clear way, meaning it all it, all accessible for all the nations who wanted to read it in all seventy languages. They brought up oelis and tashem. They ate and they drank. Vesamchu. They rejoiced and then ubarchu vikelalu. They did the brachas and kllalos of pargrizim and Haravil. And then they disassembled these stones that were built in the form of a Gilgal, and then they went and they slept overnight in the Gilgal. And they left the stones there. As the Pasuk says, and you shall bring these stones with you and place them in the place you're going to sleep that night, i.e. in the Gilgal, which is where they remained for 14 years. That's where the Mishkan was. So maybe you'd think they had to schlep these stones to every night nightly staff. Right? Rather, the Pasuk the says, "Asher by Alayla, the place you're going to sleep tonight, i.e., in Gilgal." In the pasuk says, lakhu It says it's the end of the pasuk. The twelve stones that uh, they had taken, Yeshua established in the Gilgal, so that's where that was a permanent, remaining uh, resting place, uh, which was in Gilgal. Okay, let's move on now. The Gemara tells us, Tana. The Brisa teaches, There was this flying insect-like species that fought on behalf of the Jews. We're going to see in a moment, he used to spit some sort of a poison attacking anyone that would stand up against the Jews. And they utilized this in the days of Moshe against Sichon and Og and the other empires outside of Eretz Yisrael. Says the Brysa, that they did not cross the Jordan along with the Jewish people, this uh, flying uh, species of insect. Asks the Gemara of Allah, did they not? But the Pasuk says, when it talks about the Jews going into Eretz Yisroel in the Torah, and it says, I'm going to send the Tzir in front of you to drive out the other nations in Eretz Yisroel. So, the answers. I'm Rabbi Al Sfas Yardin Amda. This is the first Tarot. Rabbi Lakish says, Al Sfas Yardin Amda, that the Tzir, they did fight on behalf of the Jews, but they remained at the banks of the Yardin, Vizarka of and they. Uh, Projectile, this mora, this bile, or this uh, acid against the goyim, it blinded their eyes above, and it also caused them to become sterile below. So it had a double effect. Shalemar, as the pasuk Amos teaches us about this tzira, I'm going to destroy the Amori in front of them. I destroyed the Amori in front of them. That was tall like the cedars. And was mighty like the oak trees. I destroyed their fruits above, meaning their ability to see. And uh, the roots below, meaning I, I caused them to become infertile, unable to reproduce. That's the first territory which Shlokish says, is that the Tzir didn't cross the Jordan. They just spat their uh, acid, projectile bombing, from across the Jordan. Rav our second territory state Tzir Ois There were actually two breeds of Yeshua. one was in the days of moshe one was in the days of yeshua the days of moshe that type of Zirah did not cross the jordan but in a as the puzzle implies that it would be sent in front of them into eretz Yisroel, there was another kind of it that did cross over the jordan and fought on behalf of the jewish people let's move on to the second section which is this discussion of the separation between the Shvatim and Hargrizim and Har Evel. Now before you even start this, it's important to note Rashi actually Allah Mudvavim would base his quotes at the Psukim and Say for Yeshua list which tribes were on which mountain. I'm going to read it from Rashi. Rashi says, Seder Hargrizim, this was the order of the people on Hargrizim, Shimon Levi, Yehuda Yisachar Yosef and Yamid. And on Har which was the mountain they turned towards when they said curses, Reuven, God, ushers Zvul, and Donvin Aftali. So we know which six were on each mountain. That's not the question here. The Gemara is going to discuss now that if you look at the Psukim, the, the Pasuk reads, the full Pasuk reads, Chetzio el-Mul har-grizim. half of the tribes were on Har Grizim, Ve'achetzio, el-Mul Har right? And the half was El-Mul Har So now, the word Vahachetzio, Rashi understands, either implies something that's specific, that we know, or it's something that's mentioned elsewhere. The Gemara is going to wonder, what is the Vahachetzio emphasizing with those six tribes that are on Har evil. So says so the Gemara. She said in the Mishnah, six tribes went up to Har asks the Gemara what does it mean that these six went up to Har Evel? so the Gemara's first answer is Rav Kahana, Om rev kahana. It's, it's saying something that's mentioned elsewhere what is it saying just like they're divided here Ka, uh, Kaan, just like they're divided in terms of as emphasized on Har Evel, Ka baavne eifod." this is also the division of the Avne Epho, the stones of the Eifo. We know that the Kohen had the Apho, the apron, and it was secured with these two stones on his shoulders. So says Rav Kahano, what is it saying? What's the emphasis of the is It's the same way it's divided up here. The tribes were divided up. That's how they're also divided. As we'll see in a moment, their names were written, the tribes' names were written on the stones of the ephod on the shoulders of the Kohen. The Kohen Gadol, that was the implication of V'achetzio. What the Gemara is about to do is to show that that's impossible because we know how they were divided up in Hargizim and Harifel, and there's going to be two sheets in a brice how they were divided up in the eifod stones, and neither one fits. So says the Gemara Masev, asks the Gemara Kasha from the following b'risa, the Kohen Gadol had these two onyx stones, these two stones on his shoulders each on one shoulder the twelve shvatim were written on these two stones each one had six names of the shvatim as the pasuk says when it discusses those stones shisha it says six of the names were on one of the stones and then it says and then the pasuk continues and says the second stone was kitol daisum. So the, meaning the rest of them were written on the second stone. So the Pasuk says again, six of the names were written on the first stone, and the second stone was the remaining six names, and it was Ketoldaysam. So the, so the Gemara says, according to this Peshitta, what does it mean Ketoldaysam? kitol daisam, that the second stone that had the remaining six names of the on the ephod uh, was in the order of their birth. However, the first stone, that's the emphasis, was not in the order of their birth. Why? Because Yehuda was before. Meaning, if it would have been in order of their birth, Reuven should have been first on the first stone, on the shoulder of the Kohen Gadol. But Yehuda was actually first. So therefore, the emphasis is that the second stone was in order of their birth, of the Shvatim, but the first was not. That's why it emphasizes Kisol Doisam by the second stone and not the first so Rashi over here explains to us before we get to the second point of the kisidron. The six latter ones in the second stone were kisidron, which is God, Asher, Yesachar, Zvu, and Yosef, Uben, Yamin. that's Seder, le-dasan. But the first one was Yehuda, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Don, Naphtali, which is not in order of their birth because Yehuda precedes Reuven. Continues the brisa. There were fifty letters altogether. If you take all the letters of both stones, Esther Ebenzu, Esther Evanzu. twenty-five letters on each stone. We'll get more into that later after we've analyzed this first point about the actual names, the order of the names. So, but, but the point is, the first sheet over here in the brisa clearly says that the way, clearly says that the way these the names were split up on the aphod is not as is not as it was split up on Har and Har Avel, as we've just illustrated. Bichanina ben Gamliel says, like this is the second sheet in the bride's attorney's lamb of Oma base. Like Bechomesh B'Avne Ephod. They weren't split up in the Avne Ephod as is listed in the count of Sefer Bamidbar. Rather, as the names of the Shvatim are listed in the beginning of Sefer Shemos, Ketzad. So, how is that? This is how it's listed in Sefer Shemos, and this is how it was divided up in the Avne Ephod. Says, says Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel. B'nei Beneleah, Kisid. So the sons of Leah were on the first stone, in the order of their birth. Meaning, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zvulan on the first stone. Now the second stone, B'nei Rachel, Echad Mikan, Mikan, this is as, as it's listed in the beginning of Shemos. The second stone, we had one son of Rachel as the first, and one as the sixth, which is Binyamin as the first, Yosef as the sixth, and then the Shvaches were in between. The sons of Bil and Zilpah were in between, i.e., as Rashi fills in for us over here, Don Naphtali got an usher between Binyamin and Yosef, which was the first, and the sixth on the second stone. But the point is, clearly this sheet doesn't work either to say that the Avne Efod and the Shvatim split on Haru are Aval was one and the same. But continues the of Elamani Mekayim Kirtol some. How does Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel interpret the concept of Kisol daisam? Again, Tanakama interpreted it, as we explained in the Brisa, that the second stone was an order of birth, but the first was not. This sheita, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel, is clearly not going with the order of their birth. So then what is the emphasis of Kisol daisam? In the Avne Ephod. Gamar answers, Kish Shekar It's not the order of their birth, but Kis Daisa means the names that they were called by their father, Vele Kishemus Shekhar Lehen Moshe, not as Moshe called them. That's how they were inscribed on the Avne Ephod. For example, it was written Reuven, as Yaakov called him, Vele Reuveni, as Moshe Rabbeinu references him. Shema Velo Shem'oni, Don Velo Hadoni, God Velo Hagadi, that's the end of the Braisa. But the bottom line is, you see both sheets is in the Braisa or clearly hold that the way the names were split up on the Avne Efod and that way it was split up on Hargrizim and Har are not one and the same. So Tiyufta, Derev Kahana Tiyufta, fine. So we're now to give a second explanation. Now that we've refuted Rav Kahana's explanation that it was split up on Hargrizim and Har like it was split up on the Avne Efod, and that's not what V'achetzio refers to, V'elamai V'achetzio. So the Gemara says, rather, what is V'achetzio referring to? Tanas. So the Gemara gives a second teret, the B'raith teaches, Chetzio shel shel What it means is, is that the number of the people on Hargrizim was more than that of Har-eval. See, because Levi, who was part of his tribe, was on Hargrizim, was also partially below since it was partially below, therefore Hargrizim was more than Har Evel. So the Gemara says makes no sense. But, but the way, adaraba the Gemara says the opposite. Because Levi was below, so then Hargrizim, where the rest of his tribe was, should have been less than Har Evel. So how can you interpret the Vahachetzio of Har Evil then to be emphasizing that evil was less than Hargrizim? So the Gemara answers, this is what it means to say, even though Levi was below, which you'd say would naturally make the Shvatim on Har Grizim, lesser than that of Har Evel, But Yosef was also on Har Grizim, and as we'll prove in a minute, Ben Yosef was a tremendous amount of people. Benash and Ephraim had a very uh, lot of people in their tribes, and therefore Har Grizim was more than Har Aval, even though Levi was included in Har Grizim and some of his tribe was below. I just want to explain as Rashi explains, according to this explanation, Vachetio means to say that it was less than the other half. The words of Rashi are It was the smaller half, meaning Har what says Har Evil, what it means to say according to this Pshat is that the half that was in her evil was the minimal amount. The Grizim was more, and as we said now it's because Yosef was in our Grizim. The tribe of Yosef was on Har grizim of Nash and Ephraim, and they were much more bountiful. where do we find that they were so in such Large amounts in terms of Yosef and because the pasuk says, when they're conquering Eretz Yisroel, the tribe of Yosef of Yosef, which Mnas and Ephraim turned to but by bin ben Yosef es they said to Yoshua, Maduan esat li echad, why did you give me as my inheritance? one portion and one lot I'm a very large nation so Yeshua said back if you're such a bountiful nation go up to the forest now what was that? What did he mean? So it means go conquer other land and then settle there but the Gemara understands go hide yourself in the forest meaning if you're going to create an eye if you have so many people so hide yourselves that you shouldn't be controlled by Ayan Hara. However, Amr Lay these tribes of Yosef returned and responded to Yoshua. Eye heart does not control the descendants of Yosef because we know that when Yaakov blesses Yosef in, in Parshas it says which literally is a charming son is Yosef a charming son to the eye. But Not that it's charming to the eye rather it's above the eye. What do I mean above the eye? That eye and doesn't rule over Bnei Yosef if they rule over the eye, Rabbi it says there's another source for it that uh, they weren't controlled by Ayin and because it says it says that uh, when Yaakov blesses and Ephraim, they will increase in, to, to, into large amounts in midst of the land. Ma dagim shabiyam, but yidgu means like fish. Ma dagim shebiyan, ma'yem alein, ayin bohen, water covers the fish and there's no ayin that controls them. Afzar shal Yosef, ayin she'letes bohen, the eye doesn't rule over him, i.e. there's no concept of ayin hara. So the bottom line is, we see Yosef was extremely bountiful. That's what ha'chetzio means, is that aval, the number of people in Har Evel was lesser than the half of Har Egrizim because Yosef was on that mountain. Now let's just analyze the end of that Bryce we quoted earlier. The Bryce had said that there were 50 letters on the two stones of the Efo, 25 on each. The problem is, is if you count it up, and Yamin is written with only one Yud, and if that's true, there's only 49 letters. How can you say it's 50? It's only 49. So Amr of Yitzhak, tries to attempt to answer like this, Yosef is usually written, Yod, Vav, Samach, Fe, but they added one letter to his name, Shin-Emar, as Til- and explains, A testimony was placed for Yosef, when he went out on Egypt. Now the point is, there's an extra, hey, so it would be 50 letters asks the Gemmaramascular of Kisal Daisim but you know, the problem is, is that the Pasuk seems to imply that they were written Kisal Daisam, which is the way they were called by their father. And if they were called by their father, he wasn't called Yehoysef; that was later. he was called Yosef. So how can you say that's where the fiftieth letter comes from? Ella, so the Gemara says, rather, kola kula binyamin ksiv. And throughout the Torah, when it talks about the binyamin or his tribe, it's written without an extra yud. Bez nun yud, mem nun. There's no yud between the mem and nun. Vahacha binyamin shalem. But on the Avne Eifod, he was written with an extra yud between the mem and nun. And why? Karla binyamin. Because when Yaakov called him, it says Benyamin with two yuds. Therefore, he's written with an extra yud in the Avne Eifod. And that's why there's 50 letters altogether. Okay, now let's move on to the third section of the date. Kiddush Hashem of Yosef and Be'huda. Omer of Chana Bar Bizna, Omer of Shemuch Hasida, Yehosef shekidashim Shemayim V'seser. Yosef sanctified God's name in private, which we'll discuss in a moment regarding the story of Eishas Patiphar. He, they added onto his name one letter of Hashem's name, which is that Hey Yehosef Samay, which we'll discuss later. Yehuda shekidashim Shemayim V'seser, Yehuda sanctified God's name in public, which we'll discuss later what that was also. Ne'ekrakulei al Shemayim Shemayim V'seser. So his entire name was called on the name of HaKadosh Baruch means Yehuda is the entire name. Yod is included in his name. Uh, tomorrow we'll actually discuss the latter half, of that discussion of Yehuda sanctifying Hashem's name. It's interesting because earlier in the Masechta we learned that it's a reference to the story with Tamar. We're at the bottom of the page, which we'll do tomorrow, seems to have a different story. We'll see. But let's focus in on Yosef now. Yosef, May what is the story with Yosef that he sanctified Hashem's name in private? Tichsiv the story of Asia's Potiphar the Pasuk tells us he was acquired by Potiphar who was a minister to Paro and the Pasuk says his wife Potifar's wife tried to seduce Yosef we know Rashi tells us she may have had an altruistic intent to some degree but the Pasuk says was that day. Yosef came to the house to do his work his work is a euphemism they both had intent for Avera, means not only did she want to have relations with him, but he also came that day to have relations with her. And this is actually contingent on a machlaikis. So it's a machlaikis ravin shmuel. That he was going to do his work, like the regular day. The other sheet that says to fulfill his needs, meaning to have relations with Ashes for That was his intention. The Pasta continues. It says there was no one else in the house. The Gemara wonders, How could it have been a powerful minister of power? There was no one else in the house, no slaves, no servants, no workers. How is that possible? So Tanah Dvei Yishmael, day, Yishmael taught, It was the day of their celebration for the Mitzrayim. So they all went to the house of idolatry. But she said to the people, she feigned illness. She said, that I'm sick. So Amr, the people, she said to herself, there's no day that I can seduce Yosef like this day because no one's around. And the Pasuk says, but his big she grabbed Yosef's garment when she tried to seduce him on that day, saying, uh, sleep with me. But Shah, So the Gemara says, at that time, Yosef would have given in. It sounds like he was going to cave, and it says, at that time, aviv, the image of his father's face came and appeared to Yosef in the window. the image of ya- Yaakov said to Yosef, "Asidin, Yosef, asidin, In the future, your brothers' names are going to be written on the stones of the ephod, the shvatim you 're supposed to be amongst them do you want and your name would be erased from amongst them but 'll call you a friend of the Pasuk says israyaus says, the one is the friend of Zionus, destroys all, uh, tremendous multitudes, tremendous wealth, so obviously stay away from that Miyad immediately is referring to. The brachos of Yosef, as given by Yaakov, it says, which is a prophetic vision of what was. What had happened? What had happened? His uh, literally means his bow returned to its sheath, but what is it referring to? It's a euphemism. His tashmish aver returned to its place, meaning is that he removed himself from the averab. However, the pasuk continues in regards to the brachas of Yaakov. It says, Literally, it means his hands were gold, gilded in gold, but we also interpret zera and zera uh, as a lashon of, of zera and yefayez was like scatter. He. Stuck his fingers into the ground to remove himself from sin. This is, I don't really know how to understand this on a this level, or this is a, a miracle that happened. And 10 drops of Zara went out from between his fingernails. And the puzzle continues, because of, I guess, because of the taiva to prevent himself from. Uh, gave giving in. Me De Avir Yaakov, because of the mighty one Yaakov, me, Kalavni who caused him eventually to be carved into the stones of the Ephod and not sin. Ella Aver Yaakov the mighty Yaakov, because of this vision that appeared to him, preventing him from sinning. Me Shamroya Evan Yisrael, the passage continues in the blessings of Yaakov, from there was the shepherd, the stone of Israel. What does it mean? Because of this story, he became a Raya, one of the shepherds of Israel, of the Jewish people. Shedemar, uh, as it says in Tehillim, chapter Pei, Raya Yisroel has, you know, the shepherd of Yisroel, listen, which is referring to Hashem, guide us like the son of Yosef, the sheep of Yosef, that the, Yosef was actually fitting to have 12 Shvatim, Aviv, as descended from Yaakov, his father. So, as the Pasuk says, Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef, compares Yaakov and Yosef. So, Yosef should have been an Av and had 12 Shvatim. Since he had 12 drops of Zer, go from 10 drops of zera go from between his fingers, that caused him to forfeit 12 Shvatim. He only had two, which was Ephraim, and Menashe. However, the Gemara says, those 10 were descended from Benyamin, his his brother, the Kula Al there was a reference in each of them to his name. Very interesting is that the ten children of Binyamin were called on Yosef's name, fulfilling to a, in a certain way that they were connected to Yosef. Shenemer, as the Pasuk says, and the Gemara is going to go through each of the sons of Binyamin and show us how they were a reference to Yosef. Bela. He named each of his children a reference to his brother Yosef. Bela shenivla b'ena umos. is because Yosef was absorbed amongst the nations. But becher Imohaya, that Yosef was the firstborn to his mother. It's an acronym that Hashem caused him to be taken captive. Gera Shegar b'Achsanios that Yosef uh, dwelled in uh, hostels in hotels. He was uh, away from his uh, family. and then he was called. The uh, next one was called Naaman. Sheknowim b'Yosef Yosef was very beautiful. Achi Varosh, two of Yosef's Benyamin uh, sons. Achi who was my brother, Roish who and he was my head. Means he was my director, my leader. Mupim v'Chupim. He didn't see my chupa, and I didn't see his chupa. So Rashi says, based on Medrash Tanhuma, that clarifies chupim. what about mupim? Mupim is melashon shayyepiv kipi Yaakov Avinu. halachas veever. His mouth was fluent in the halachas of shame veever. Mupim like the mouth of Yaakov Avinu. Continues the Gemara of Ard final one she yard lemena sa'ilam yard is la shnaviera that he went down to the amongst the goyim away from his family or ikada ami fa arich upon the diamond leveret, his face was like a rose in terms of its complexion and beauty continues the Gemara. amr bi khibar abr amr bi khir bishash amr li parli yosef fa bila dakhala yarm ishas yade be When and pa- par pa said to joseph he wanted to appoint him as the viceroy after he interpreted his dreams and showed his grant his greatness no one will lift their hand without use. The Yitzdagnine Paro, the necromancers of Paro, turned to Paro and they said, A slave that was purchased for 20 silver coins, and you're putting him as a master over us? So Paro responded to the Yitzdagninov, to his necromancers, I see the characteristics of Malchus. Rashi says, In terms of wisdom, might, and beauty. So Amr Lai, the the uh, this advisors of Paro, said to him, "If that's so, he has to speak seventy languages to show his chachma." So the problem is he didn't. So what happened? Ba shivim Lashan. Gabriel came and taught Yosef the seventy languages. Yosef could absorb them. So he added one of Hashem's names to Yosef's name, and then he was able to absorb them. As it says in the pasuk, a testimony for Yosef was placed. Means when he added that one name, letter of Hashem's name, then he was able to go out on Egypt and become the viceroy. Or so the next day, they tested Yosef. Kolishne di istoy parabade. Any language Paro spoke with Yosef, Ahadreli was able to respond. Yosef spoke to Paro in Loshna Kodesh, and Loava koyada may may have Amar. He didn't understand what Yosef was saying. Amar leyagmari. So Paro said to Yosef teach me Agmar, attempted to teach it to him, but like Gomri um, couldn't absorb it. So Amar para Parah said to Yosef, he swear to me, migalisa, you won't reveal the fact that I don't know one language that you do. He swore to him, and the Gemara says this ended up being for great benefit. Why? When Yosef came afterwards, after the death of his father, and said, my father made me swear that I would bury him in Maras Machpelah, and Parah wanted to push back. So Parah said to lei, Zil Lehi, go be Shoyal, on your shvua, have your shvua removed by the chachamim, and then you don't have to bring him to Maris Machpelah. So Amrle, Yosef said back to Paro, if that's true, I could also have my shvua made to you revoked, and then I could reveal the fact that I know one more language than you, embarrassing the malchus. So the Gemara says, even Par, even though Paro didn't appreciate this, he said, go and bury your father Maris Machpelah, so as to prevent his own shame, not knowing as many languages as. Yosef. So it worked out in the end good for him because of this Shvu that he made to Parra years before. We're snapping the bottom of Lambav Mud Base, As Hashem, we'll pick up tomorrow discussing what was the Yehuda, what was it that Yehuda had been Mikadashim Shemaim in public. Everyone have a wonderful day.